This is Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast, episode 140, Tears in Your Life. in Your Life was a 30-second track on the flashback box set, 16th cut on disc 2. In the press kit for flashback in October 2000, Jeff Lynne wrote, Because of the way I'd arranged it originally, I was never able to finish it, as the tune I had in mind for it just didn't fit. So I did some chopping about, changed the sequence of all the instruments, and then sang it in three-part harmony. In the liner notes for Flashback, Jeff Lynne wrote, This is another one recorded in 1982 and finished in 2000. It was originally sung through a vocoder, but I decided to sing it in three-part harmony instead. Making a few edits on the original track helped a lot. What, are you gonna cry now? I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And I'm Eric Winsenson. We've got tears in your life. Nothing but tears in your life. Just lots of tears. Yeah. Sounding a lot like Mandalay. Mandalay was, really, it was kind of just a one-note thing until they hit the chorus, and then it was a little bit different, and then back to the one-note, monotonish song. Both of us were pretty kind of, eh, about Mandalay. So, with Tears in Your Life, got sort of a Mandalay-ish song, and um, I like it. It's done much better, at least much more interestinglyer than Mandalay was. Mandalay was kind of just heavy synth droning, but I'd say there's actually a tune going on here with Tears in Your Life. I mean, in Mandalay, Jeff was pretty much just talking over it, most of it. This one, actually, there's a melody to it. It doesn't just lay there for five minutes and then go away which is another nice thing about this. This is only about three minutes, so it doesn't overstay its welcome. And it's got those bendy strings in it. And I love those bendy strings. I think you could probably put those bendy strings in about anything, and I'd be all swoony over it, so... Mandalay-like, except it's better than Mandalay, because I like this one. Yeah, I think I'll have to say it is better than Mandalay because I suddenly cannot remember what Mandalay even sounds like. <laughs> so <laughs> I think he was talking about buildings and stuff or something or streets. Yeah, it was a lot of just uh, yeah. walking through the fields of green walk away. Oh, okay. I think I remember yeah. it now. Yeah. yeah, no, I wouldn't say I would love this song, but I do like some of the elements in it. I like the way he did his vocals in a three-part harmony. 
I do like the fact that there's strings. I thought this was older than 82 once I heard it. Oh, yeah. Because I started looking to find out, okay, when was this one done? Oh, this is done at the same time as the Greg Concerto from last week. And, oh, he just did an 82 and finished it up in 2000. I guess it was originally supposed to be a vocoder. And, oh, boy, did he do a good choice of... Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not, not not just making this sound like it was a robot the entire way through the tune. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's one of their standout songs, but it's nice. It's yeah. The strings and the vocals are what does it for me on this one. It's very short, so unfortunately it doesn't make any room to do anything other than repeat itself. <laughs> That's really my main complaint, is that if he liked the tune more, I guess he may have worked on it more and added a little bit more to it. That would have spiced it up. But at least he finished it, and it's not an offensive one, and it showed up on flashback. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's the go-to ELO song. It's not, hey, it's tears in your life. That's the, the one you gotta... It's not a bad song. I like it. Back to the Mandalay thing, there have been times, you know, in my head, I will mix up the two until I straighten it out. Something that's nice about it is it calms me. When I am all worked up, like times when I've been laying in the dentist and I'm just, I'm always all wound up with all of that. But if I can run tears in my life, or in your life, tears through my head, I'm like, calm down a little bit more than I, I usually would. They still have to gas me a little bit to make me not so wound up. But still, it's a very helpful song at, at not achieving total freakout. It is a song that you would expect to hear it in a dentist's office. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, something I wonder about. He said the song was, he didn't quite have it all together yet. And he just kind of like, I don't think this is coming together. I'm going to put it aside. And I just wonder how much of the 1982 version is like what was finished in 2000? Because I'm thinking if it was for the most part like this in 1982, then Jeff really was ahead of the curve on the new age kind of thing. Because to me, this sounds late 80s, early 90s, kind of new agey. It also sounds more like an outtake from Xanadu than it would be an outtake from Time. I, I, I guess. I, I, I don't hear that. I mean, I can hear it being tiny. Xanadu still had the strings and everything to yeah. it in a lot of cases, where time basically did away with that, so... Um, depended on the song and time. I mean, I could... With a vocoder, though, I could see maybe this being thrown on time, but yeah, if time was a double album, which uh, it kind of makes me thankful that time wasn't a double album... <laughs> Because all of a sudden we would just have uh, some very slow three-minute song with him singing through a vocoder, and we probably wouldn't be praising time as much as we do. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it being timey-wimey. I wouldn't put it on time, though. Um, I think time works better as a single album. But that vocoder, yeah, yeah, Jeff totally made the right call not to be vocodering it all the way through. I like the vocoder. I think that's a nice touch, but a nice touch. I would not want three minutes of and the vocoder when I heard it I'm thinking boy that's really ELOE and as we're getting ready for this episode and going over the last week thinking well what can I say about this song and I remember that sticking out in my head and thinking that sounds very ELOE and then I'm thinking wait a minute 
I'm having trouble thinking of an ELO song before the end of ELO that used that specific sound. You can kind of hear it in some of the stuff that he did around 1990, but I'm quickly trying to run the ELO discography through my head from 72 to 86, and I can't think of when he used that vocoder voice in something. Yet, it screams, oh, that's ELO, that, that right there, that's, that's an ELO sound, even though I can't think of when he used that sound. Not during that time period, and no, I can't really think so. The only thing that he really used it on was the prologue before Twilight. Well, that was a Cylon kind of a voice. Right. I mean, this one's more sort of... That was supposed to be a robot speaking, so... Yeah. But, I mean, this one was more sort of dreamy, sort of weird voice you'd hear in a dream, not something coming out of a robot designed to exterminate humans. Exterminate! By your command. Got something to say about tears in your life? Then call the telephone line voicemail. 623-850-3375... Good all everybody, it's me, that Donald guy behind that Xanadu thing, and here's my short take on Tears in Your Life. You want drama? How about a song about pockets of your life haunting you, not only in your sleep, but when you are awake. Even worse than Santa and that freaking elf on the shelf stalking you day and night. Leave it to Jeff to hone in on that topic and feeling in the final throws of the grandest yellow sound possible with this short ditty. The Middle East keyboard-influenced solo, the spooky strings, and so on. However, to me, the highlight and the creepiest factor is the vocoder turned to 11. It's not exactly fingernail to the chalkboard style, but the tone finds its way near eardrums looking to either punch you in their heartstrings into submission or scratch that inner chalkboard on inside of your eardrums. Okay, I take back my original chalkboard comment back there. If you're not into the drama of this piece, it is annoying, which is a bit of a sad point with me about this recording is that Bakuder is the real highlight. Everything else is above average, but not really a secret messages highlight. Bring on the hate mail. Oh, hey, this is Dr. Troy, and I have to say I love Tears in Your Life. This song is the reason that I used to buy and collect box sets. I got tired of the box sets that were just greatest hits collections and the best-known album tracks. Quite a few artists put those out, especially in the 80s. And then some like Journey tried to repackage their greatest hits as a box set, but substituting inferior live performances for the studio versions of their hits. Well, with the ELO box sets, Afterglow, and Flashback, You get your money's worth if you're looking for something odd and obscure. And I think Tears in Your Life qualifies as that. It sounds almost like nothing ELO have recorded before. I love the synthesizer opening. I love Jeff doing three-part harmony with himself on the song in the liner notes flashback. He says that the song was originally recorded through a vocorder, but he changed it to three-part harmony. I think that was a good move on his part. I also love the song has a bit of a Middle Eastern flair to it. And I like that. I like songs that kind of go into that style of music. 
And I really love the part near the end of the, I guess you could call it the first verse, where you hear a high-pitched, I'm not going to try to do it, tears in your life. And I'm just wondering, would anybody know, is that a vocorder? Is that someone playing around on the synthesizer and making it sound like tears in your life? Whatever it is, I love it. It adds another interesting flair to the song. And I do think, Jeff said in the liner notes it was recorded in 1982, finished in 2000. I do think if Jeff had finished this song in 1983, it would have made a great addition to Secret Messages. Maybe they could have left off Letter from Spain or Train of Gold. Well, I'll talk to you next week. This has been a thought from Dr. Troy. Great moments in Electric Light Orchestra history. And we have Fred in Chicago. Hi, Fred. There have been unconfirmed reports floating around that in the mid-70s you worked with Elton John on a couple of unreleased songs called The Loop and Fireball. Is there any truth to that? Um, that's a f funny one. Elton did play piano on a couple of little songs that I never used, actually. Um, they never got released, and I don't know if I've still got them even. Uh, it was just a little session he came along to on his way home from the Morecambe and Wise show, I believe it was. Um, and I never got to finish the songs, or, and we didn't use them, but it was very nice of him to do it. And uh, that's true. Like it? Hate it? What does Madeline think? I liked it. Wow, she liked it! Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song -song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash ELO pod. Next week, episode 141, Xanadu.